0: Hello, film fans, and welcome to A Very Good Year, a new podcast where we invite a guest, a filmmaker or actor or writer, comedian, musician, anybody who loves movies, really, to pick their favorite year of movies and come on and talk to us about that year. Uh, I'm Jason Bailey, and across the mic and across the country from me is my co-host. Michael Hall thank you again for listening. Uh, this will be our fifth episode to go up. Uh, we're, we're so excited about the response that we're getting. Uh, please do. And I'm sorry to this. Is, it's a cliche. Please rate and review the show. It helps people find it. Yada, yada, yada. Um, we've, we've mostly had, uh, uh, writers, film critics and historians on thus far. Uh, but our first episode, we had, uh, a, a, a wonderful actor turned director, And uh, today we are able to continue that tradition. Our guest today is a beloved character actor uh, whose credits include Knives Out, Dead Girl, Looper, Brick, and Starry Eyes. His new film is called Blood Relatives. He writes, directs, and stars. And uh, it's newly streaming on Shudder, and it's a real hoot. Uh, folks, say hi to Noah Segan. Hi, Noah.
1: Hey, folks. How are you?
0: <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on, man. I know you've been very busy promoting the new movie, which, again, we, we both watched and loved, and we'll talk about in, in detail a little later on. Boy, vey. <laughs>
1: it's the, uh, no spoilers, but it's the, uh, it's the first thing you hear in the movie. It's
0: not what you expect when you're watching a vampire movie. But it's a real pleasure to have you on. Um, Tell us what year you chose to talk about today
1: uh, and why. I chose 1976. Uh, And why did I choose 1976? Because most of my favorite movies were made in the 1970s. Um, And 1976... At least the movies that I picked um, were very influential to me, um, very influential in the movie I just made on on everything that I write and I try to do. You were not yet
0: born in 1976, uh, at least according to the Internet. Um, what was your sort of journey to 70s cinema? How did you find these films and movies like them and how and you know, and how did that inform your sort of cinema education?
1: Well, uh uh I was very lucky. I had uh, uh I grew up in a home that that valued movies and um you know, I I I grew up mostly in the in the 90s and the and the aughts. Uh when I think a lot of people who were obviously older than me were making movies that were very directly a response mm. to um uh uh or 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 a gift of 70 cinema i mean of course tarantino with a bullet right you know right. When, when i was a right. little kid tarantino movies were a really big deal um the, still are they still are and and, <laughs> and 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 i'm a fan unabashedly i i have trouble finding things that i don't like about uh, his movies. And um, and and I was lucky on on top of, of kind of growing up in an era that I think sort of spoke to that previous generation. Um, I grew up around people, most notably uh, the, the very close friend of my family, Tom Richmond, who is a very well-known cinematographer who really gave me my mm-hmm. start in uh, in Hollywood. Um, and Tom, uh, uh, is sort of the eyes and ears of, or I should say the eyes, uh, he, he had good ears too, but he was a cinematographer. So let's sure. concentrate on his eyes, uh, of eighties <laughs> and nineties cinema. And, uh, you know, he shot Alex Cox movies and Keith Gordon movies, and he shot wow. very, very famous music videos. He shot the Jeremy video for Pearl jam and the stay video Holy for shit. Lisa Loeb. I mean, this guy was a shopping mall. Um, Oh my God. Yeah. Uh
0: just <laughs> everywhere. And that's a claim. That's a claim to immortality alone, without
1: any of the other stuff. You know, he was in school when the uh uh you know when, when the sort of heyday of you know easy rider, raging bulls was was kind of going down. Um and yeah. so he would share with me a lot of those movies when I was a teenager, when I was just sort of, you know, starting my, my journey in cinema. Um, and then I, I you know, eventually I became a, a you know, just a, a big fan of a lot of the personalities, uh, from 70 cinemas, you know, whether it was actors, you know, L.A. Gould or James Caan or, um, uh, you know, or, or filmmakers, Cassavetes, uh, Lumet. I mean, people who, uh, we'll probably talk about a little bit today. Um, and of course, uh, hugely influential on me has been Dennis Hopper. Um, right. And so, uh, you know, it, it just became a kind of, um, I don't know, sort of a, of a, it, it became somewhere I could hang my hat.
0: That's amazing. You know, I, I would have never, the Elliot Gould connection makes so much sense. It would have never occurred to me independently, but his influence on your sort of style and persona on screen, I think, is very clear. Well, I'll take um, that
1: shit, man. Jeez. yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: Holy cow!
0: All right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna uh, dive into this incredible list of 1976 movies here in just a moment. Before we do, as usual, Mike is gonna situate us in uh, sort of what was going on in the world outside of the movie theater with some headlines.
2: Some other things happened in 1976, but for our purposes, the year really kicked off in April. April 1st, the Rocky Horror Picture Show is officially released as a midnight movie at the Waverly Theater, now the IFC Senator, in Greenwich Village, in New York City, changing American culture forever. Let's hear it for Rocky Horror Picture.
1: (laughs) Yay! Uh, Noah? Noah, have you uh, have you attended some Rocky Horror shows? Noah, you know, not only have I attended Rocky Horror, but I grew up in New York, so I attended oh. the true temple of Rocky Horror wow. as a uh, as a child, and then and then when I moved out to L.A., I, I did out in L.A. They used to have it at the New Art out in L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've I've probably done it. Um, I don't know. I've probably done it four or five times. Yeah. God damn!
2: All right. <laughs> Yeah, changed, uh, changed America. Slightly less influential, but also somewhat important. Also, on April 1st was the founding of Apple Computers. Um, well, oh, sure. Yeah. Not quite Rocky Horror, but it was, you know, but no. we all remember. Uh, April 11th, sure. they actually released the Apple One. Uh, also in April, the Thomas Jefferson $2 bill came out, and the first Ramones record came out, uh, sounding very oh, much yeah. like all the rest of them. Uh, the video That's game. That's fine. Breakout dropped and readied itself to consume an incredible amount of my youth. Um, really <laughs> like that game still years later, they made it in color, but it was, you know, the, the concept, the foundation was solid. Same. Um, yep. Yep. Also in April was the Great Bookie Robbery in Melbourne, Australia, an event that I'm sure Jason knows nothing about.
0: Mike, my, my presence is accounted for. My alibi is solid. I don't want to hear any more about the great bookie robbery in Melbourne, Australia.
2: <laughs> okay, that one's off the list. Uh, the judgment of Thank Paris you. went down in May. It was a blind te- taste test between wines from France and California that was won by the wines from California to the horror of proper snobs everywhere. Uh, this is like still controversial in the wine universe there's some good USA
0: about USA <laughs> USA it's the only thing I'll be patriotic about
2: the Soweto uprising in South Africa jumped off and that changed the world uh that was a very big yep. deal in 76 uh of course 4th of July the U.S. bicentennial uh we were very yep. proud of ourselves there was a lot of fireworks and yep. uh, jets the Chowchilla mm-hmm. bus kidnapping mm-hmm. happened in California in 1976. If you don't know about that, just search the word Chowchilla on your favorite uh, on your favorite search engine. There's a great story, and there are several very good po- podcasts about it. A uh, friend of the show, Fritz Lang, passed away in 1976. You know, we got to get him in every R. episode one way or another. So that's how R. he's R. coming R. into R. this. R.I.P. Fritz. One. Yep. Uh, Jimmy Carter beat Gerald Ford in the presidential election and put solar panels on the roof of the White House. He did some other things, yep. but I think that's the one we mostly know him for now. Uh, the Son of yep. Sam was busy in 1976. There was a school oh, shooting shit, right. in Fullerton, California, and a hotel sniper in Wichita, Kansas, in case you think anything's actually changed. Uh, but on the flip right. side, The Muppet Show was broadcast for the first time, and Stevie Wonder Hell, released yes. songs in the key of life. So yes, this is the yin and yang of existence, right? The good and the bad. Well, fair enough. The Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Dallas Cowboys in Super Bowl X. The Montreal Canadiens swept the Flyers in the Stanley Cup. Johnny Rutherford won the shortest Indianapolis 500 ever in the rain. The Boston Celtics beat the Phoenix Suns in triple overtime to win the NBA Finals, a game that is on YouTube and is great. But the biggest story in sports in 1976 was Nadia Comaneci score seven perfect tens at the 1976 Olympics. Very exciting. And that was so exciting. It knocks all other sports news off the list. That's headlines.
0: Thank you, Mike, for the headlines. Uh, and now it is our pleasure to uh, to turn over the show to Noah Segan, who is going to walk us through his top five, five, five favorite movies of the year 1976 he he wanted to you're very clear that 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 you would never presume to say these are the five best movies of the year
1: you know these are the five movies that jumped out at me uh uh you know even before i started googling uh because (laughs) um uh you know the the year can be confusing for those of us who um, have done a lot of drugs and um and we're not there to begin with um I don't remember what happened last week, guys, so um <laughs> bear with me um but uh, but yeah these these jumped out of me they're they're very influential but i mean it was it was a hell of a year uh nineteen seventy six so um i will uh just 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 start shooting some out that 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 popped out for me gotcha so what is the first
0: film? of your 1976 favorites.
1: Well, let's talk about Rocky.
0: His name is Sylvester
2: Stallone. He's the star of a new film called Rocky. He's been described as tough, handsome, talented, sexy, sensitive, dynamic, brilliant. He's been compared to Nicholson, De Niro, and Brando, but he is Rocky
1: let's do let's talk about a uh an out-of-work actor uh who let's wrote talk about script. an underdog story yeah yeah, yeah. Um, an out-of-work actor who wrote a script and then uh okay. deigned to uh force everyone to let him star in it really i think sort of um you know set a you know set a tone that as we look at this era, right, you know, of, of movies that, you know, continue to extend through the seventies that kind of represent, I guess, what we would sort of consider like American blockbusters, American heroes, right. This idea sure. of kind of, you know, the, the, this sort of classic without, you know, editorializing it too much sort of classic American hero vibe. I mean, I think Rocky was a watershed event in that respect, but, but as, as a filmmaking endeavor, Um, Mm -hmm. and I don't want to, you know, toss, uh, you know, toss our, our director, uh, out with the, uh, with the bathwater here, so to speak. Um, but, you know, this is really sort of a, of a, you know, singular vision in terms of, you know, again, I mean, Avildsen is, was, it was a great, director um indeed is he still with us i don't know is, that, is, is he uh, he is no longer he's with no longer us. with us uh well he was great so you can talk shit a great. little bit it's um and <laughs> okay. and he did well, and he made a lot of movies that that that, that were great movies yeah. including more rocky movies or at least one more rocky movie right. um but uh you know it it is so uh it's so stallone and i think mm-hmm. that it is such a reaction to this idea of struggling whether you're struggling economically which a lot of people were during the era he was writing it struggling creatively which sly absolutely was as an actor i think in terms of being taken seriously um and uh you know and and, and culturally as well i think that you know that 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 it really represents what a lot of people were going through in the early and mid 70s in america um, and it somehow expresses that in uh, obviously such a universal way, such an easy uh, uh, yeah. way to go down um, that, uh, you know, I, I, I keep coming back to it.
0: Help us situate this, because this is actually something you can speak to in a way that, that most guests can't. That's part of the lore that you mentioned, that he had written this, this amazing script that there were offers to buy it from him for considerable amounts of money. uh, And he flatly refused unless he was able to, to star in it himself as someone who is an actor and who has written scripts, how enormous is
1: that decision? You know, I, I, I come from sort of uh, an evangelical perspective when it comes to filmmaking, right? I really like scripts. You know, yeah, um, and I like that people can get unified over a over a screenplay. That you can have all of these people, hundreds and hundreds of people, during development and production, post production, release, and then hopefully an audience, which expands it even more. But you know, just just the making of a movie requires so many dozens, hundreds of people, and we can all get together and 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 get together over a screenplay. And yeah. I can only imagine that that is the experience that. Uh, that Sly had, uh, having written a great screenplay that people got really excited about, um, and at least in 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 my case, you know, I I acted in the movie that I wrote and directed because. Um, it seemed like the path of least resistance. It seemed like the, the, the way that I was going to, you know, we were going to save money. We were going to save time. We were going to save service or, you know, which is, you know, Yiddish for, you know, as a headache, um, it was going to be, um, it it was going to be easier to do it that way. Um, and, uh, and I imagine that, you know, that, that was a part of Sly's, perspective as well, which was, you know, but, 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 you know, I think the sort of elephant in the corner of the, the, you know, of the room here is that, you know, as an actor and as a struggling actor, I think that you are constantly looking for the opportunity to perform your craft and to perform it in a way that you know you know you can do it if you only get the shot which right. of course is what the movie right. is about right so right. you know yeah. so so you know i think we can't discount the obvious thing here which is that there was a meta battle going on that yeah. stallone won and yeah that's incredible and i am here for it uh as a yeah. uh comrade <laughs>
0: I love that. Well, yeah. And I think the thing too, that's always worth noting about Rocky is that it, when you go back and watch it after watching where the series went, it's so striking what a different movie it is and how much it feels like a 1976 movie in the way that like, you know, Rocky three feels like a 1982 movie and Rocky four feels like a 1985 movie that this one is so modest And so um, underplayed, and also has like the '70s bummer ending. Like it's really interesting how how much stylish uh, how much stylish separation there is between different entries in the series.
1: Absolutely, and 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 to that end, I mean, I I you know I I'm going to make a crazy statement here. I mean, I I have always thought, or at least thought for a very long time that the Rocky series up to and including the Creed series are the great American franchise. Um, and, and, and because they are reflective of their time and they are reflective of the people making them and they are reflective of what's happening culturally. I mean, you know, and, and, uh, you know, for good or bad, I mean, you know, there, there's, yes, there, there are dark days in the Rocky series that are, Reflective of dark days, I think culturally and cinematically, Um, you know, and 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 maybe uh, it's silly to sort of you know hold those movies uh, that we consider to be the lesser Rockies up to that standard. But I kind of, at least, I'm able to sort of look at them as a whole, and uh, it really could not have been established, I think, without uh, such an honest portrayal in the first movie. Mike and I are grinning because
0: you just
2: wrote the next chapter of Jason's book, uh the, the Rocky <laughs> supplemental chapter. Uh is he just basically you laid it out for him. You gave him an outline. Bring me in that. for the sidebar,
1: baby. <laughs> I do I do good kind of work on the margins.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well that is that is Rocky. All right. Noah Segan. what is the next movie on your 1976 Five favorites.
1: Well, I think we should uh, maybe go to another movie about a guy who is struggling. Um, Something a lot of Mm -hmm. people were doing in 1976, apparently. Killing of a Chinese Mm -hmm. Book. Yes.
2: I'm a club owner. I took a place from nothing and I built it into something. I've been loan shark to death.
1: And now, ladies and gentlemen, the Crazy Horse West is
0: proud and pleased to present to you A new guest entertainer, Mr. Tony Amazio. Take it away, Tony.
2: I killed a few people. Uh How? With an M1.
1: I learned it.
2: You learn it. You learn to be happy, you learn to play the fool, you learn to be what everybody wants you to be.
0: What is it that that that's that's so striking to you about this incredible John Cassavetes movie?
1: Killing of a Chinese Bookie is sort of you know a heyday of 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 Cassavetes' uh, uh, work uh, is so about Ben and so much about right. uh, this uh, this guy um, uh, uh, struggling and um, and and you know trying to. Uh, um, kind of keep his, his world together. Um, and yeah. he's not a kid, you know, he's, you know, much like Rocky. I mean, you're sort of like facing a very adult person in an adult situation, right? I mean, he's, he runs a strip club. Um, and, uh, and yet we are constantly in that incredible Cassavetti's way, sort of being made privy to people sitting at a kitchen table, you know, and there's yeah. that great moment where the mom of, of one of his dancers says, uh, you know, there are no rivers for you here. Um, as, as you know, as Cosmo is uh, kind of sitting there with his head in his hands trying to sort of figure out what to do next. Um, yeah. uh, you know, but I, I, I think that the idea of taking what would be traditionally especially in 1976 considered to be a crime movie or an exploitation movie or even something that might be programmed as a you know i mean this is the 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 you know the the heyday of euro crime right as as a you know sort of hard-boiled movie and really uh uh you know much like the earlier films kind of make it about a multicultural multi-ethnic uh, but complicated series of relationships. Um, right. uh, it 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 is um, uh, you know it it it's it's incredibly impactful and it and it has you know I mean it still has Seymour in it. I think that's it. I don't think Casavese actually makes an appearance in it. Um, right. uh, or, 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 or Roland's for that matter. But, um, which is again, sort of a, of a departure. I mean, you know, everybody's in Husbands, everybody's in, in all the right. other movies. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's my killing of a Chinese bookie spiel.
0: No, I, you know,
1: I, and we're talking an I, incredible I ruffled like... shirt, just an incredible no, oh, <laughs> God, an shirt all-timer. situation an happening. All
0: timer. Definitely. No, I agree. I think, honestly, my favorite Casavetti's films are the ones where he is, um, where he's playing with genre, because I think in a really interesting way, they, he brings out the best in the genre and the sort of the, the, the rigid uh, strictures of genre can sometimes keep him a little more focused. Like I love this film and I love Gloria, which I know a lot of people think of as kind of his, you know, his, whatever his studio sellout movie or whatever. And I just think it's incredible.
1: Well, I mean, as a child of New York, as a fifth generation New Yorker, mm. I mean, Gloria yep. is, uh, you know, and Gloria predates me as well. I mean, Gloria was, mm-hmm.
0: what mm-hmm. year was Gloria? eighty eighty one. Yeah. So Gloria still
1: 80. predates me, but you know, Gloria was a movie that played on like basic cable because it was sort of, you know, it was sort of, I think sold as kind of a bit more of a popcorn movie and an adventure movie. I remember seeing Gloria like you would watch a normal movie on TNT or TBS or something like that. Just thinking like, this looks like where I'm from. This looks like people that I know. Um, Yeah. And, uh, and, and I absolutely agree. I think that, you know, that, that the sort of, genre angle smooths a lot of the entrance way Mm -hmm. that can Mm -hmm. be challenging, especially for young people to sit down and watch husbands or watch opening night, which, you know, are probably my, my two favorite Cassavetes movies. Um, yeah, uh, you know, and, and then, you know, woman under the influence is also a challenging movie, but very satisfying. I think killing of a Chinese bookie has a, uh, you know, it, 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 you know, for lack of a better term, sort of this, this, this kind of, uh, fiesta atmosphere that draws <laughs> you in, you know?
0: Yep. Yep. Definitely.
1: All right. Movie number three, Noah, what do you got? Let's go to the other side of, uh, I guess, uh, the box office or, uh, or uh-huh. the, or the, or the red carpet and talk about network.
0: By Paddy Chayefsky, directed by Sidney Lumet, produced by Howard Gottfried. Television will never be the same. Sidney Lumet uh, directing Patty Chayefsky's brilliant screenplay. This is a movie that is still quoted and uh, referenced maybe more than anything on this list except for Rocky.
1: I mean, talk about a, uh, a movie that, you know, hit, the zeitgeist still hits the Mm. zeitgeist. I mean, we basically Mm -hmm. uh, sold social media to Ned Beatty. Um, (laughs) uh, You know, Ned Beatty is like the proto social media CEO. Um, Yeah. uh, You know, but uh, uh, you know, I, I I think, you know, to talk about uh, something that I think is, 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 uh, uh, such a big through line for all the movies that i picked i think that there's this you know to sort of key in on a universal frustration right i mean you Mm -hmm. know all of these movies Mm -hmm. are kind of about frustrated people um uh trying desperately to be heard um in some way or another i think that you know there is uh there is nothing more direct than Mm -hmm. uh than network
0: I agree. I agree. When did you first see this one? Like, I always think it's interesting to find out what the the first exposure was to a movie that has sort of proven as as prescient and timeless as this one has.
1: You know, I uh, did not. I don't know that I studied network, so to speak, until I was older. Mm hmm. It was again, a movie that was such a part of the zeitgeist and frequently on TV and frequently sort of lauded as this special thing that, you know, you, you, you should enjoy, um, Mm -hmm. that of course I knew the, uh, you know, I I I knew all the you know I knew I knew the quotes before I knew the movie, which you know, funny enough, is like something that you know I've got little kids. Like my kids know about Star Wars; they haven't seen Star Wars yet. I mean, network <laughs> is like that, yeah, right. I mean, that's yeah, what's so, it's one, of, it's
0: yes, it, that's what's it's so a movie. It feels like you've yeah, it feels like you've seen it before you've actually seen it.
1: And so then you sit down, you watch it, and you know you're a frustrated kid or you know teenager or twenty something year old, and you go, oh my gosh, this is this is mm-hmm. exact this is it really is what it purports to be. Um and yeah. so um I uh uh you know I, I, I just think uh you know it's just a, a, a tremendous movie. And and it's also, you know, there's something that's so incredible about Lumet's work overall, which is that, you know, you see these sort of big, big movies that he made, whether it's you know, whether it's 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 network or um you know, or Dog Day, uh, uh, which he had made, you know, just before this movie, um, you realize very quickly how easy to watch these important films are. And in terms of education, in terms of somebody who's learning about movies, um, they're so accessible that you don't even realize at first that you're watching a class.
0: No, you're 100% right. Um, I do also want to throw in just a quick shout out. Uh, if you are a network fan, uh, Dave Itzkoff's book from a few years back called Mad as Hell, which is a, a, just a whole ass book about network and how it came to be is uh, about as readable as network is watchable, uh, so check that one out if if you are interested.
1: Noah, what is movie
0: number four
1: on your list? Again, we're gonna we're gonna go high, we're gonna go low, we're gonna go uh, um, uh, uh, all over uh, the place, and we're going to talk about Henry Jaglum's Tracks, starring Dennis Hopper and Dean Stockwell, um, which uh, is one of my all time. Uh, favorite films.
2: What are you doing on this train? Adam? I'm escorting a coffin. It's a black man in that coffin. It's a great black man. Watch yourself. Oh, really? Really watch yourself. There are dangers. There are many, many,
1: many, many dangers.
2: I take trains all
1: the time. Just travel, see places. I never know what's
2: going to happen. My mother, I used to lay on the kitchen floor doing my homework, pretending to
1: make her step over me so I could look up her dress. I am um, a, a huge fan of 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 Jaglum um, and and how prolific he's been. Um, I don't know if, if, I mean, Trax is probably one of his more well-known films um mm-hmm. but it's this very sort of you know contained story it takes place on a train uh with hopper as a um as a soldier who is tasked with taking his friend's body home so he's accompanying yeah. a coffin um yeah. and uh you know it, it it was um uh it was shot on a real train as far as i know that was actually going places while they shot yeah. this movie, which of course, you, you can know, feel that. Yeah. And, and, and when yeah, you think there's... about like, you know, when you compare it to like Cassavetes and you talk about sort of like cinema verite and, you know, whatever you feel is real and all of these sort of, you know, things that people were, 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 were hanging their hat on in uh, you know, in the seventies. I mean, I don't think that there's anything um, uh, uh, more evocative than a movie like Tracks, which also, you know, again, I mean, Hopper in 1976 was really, I, you know, still, I think, considered the voice of a generation. He was kind of trading on mm-hmm. that uh, for many yeah. years until he kind of fell, you know, fell, f- fell down a little bit and had to come back. You know, it's a famous, you got to go away to come back. But, you know, Right. After Easy Rider, you know, and, 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 you know, of course, last movie and Mad Dog Morgan and American Friend. I mean, he was doing all of these things that were sort of like unabashedly uh, uh, using his capital you know, he was as a counterculture figure. Yes. And he was like, yeah, sure. I'll go and I'll make like a weird movie on a train. That's like about, you know, dealing with the hangover from Vietnam and, and, you know, and, 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 you know, and, 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 and reconciling all this stuff that, you know, is, is, is legit, you know, and, and yeah, sure. Eventually I'll go all, you know, I'll be in apocalypse now and eventually I'll go and I'll be in, you know, rumble fish or whatever. But, you know, I mean, you know i think i think tracks is an example a great example of a um you know someone using for lack of a better term their star power to tell a mm-hmm. smaller more complicated story absolutely you know
0: this was the only film on your list that i hadn't seen before so i thank you for bringing it to me um and mike i think same thing um it, <sighs> what i found really interesting about it in terms of of its place in in film history i guess is that here you're talking about a movie that was like um like the second after the vietnam war finally ended um you know that it's got that that archival audio at the beginning of nixon sort of announcing the end and so forth like that jaglum and hopper were unafraid to make a movie about like you said the vietnam hangover Immediately in that moment, like even, you know, the sort of the movies that we that are sort of thought of as our first grapplings with Vietnam, you know, the deer hunter and uh, coming home and then the following year, like you said, Apocalypse Now, we're still two, three years away. And the fact that they wanted to get in there and talk about this right away, I think, gives it an urgency that's that's really compelling.
1: It's a fervent movie, which is hard to make on a, you know, I mean, on, yeah. a, on a train and, a, you know, on a train that yeah. that's, like I said, sort of going somewhere and you're stealing shots. And yet there's this kind of there's an anxiety there that uh, manages to sort of coexist with, I think, the, you know, malaise of the time as well. Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. All right. Wonderful pick. Uh thanks again for for flagging that one. That's the pleasure of the show, Noah, is that like people I like tell me movies to go watch. Um last but not least, the number 5 movie on your 1976
1: list. Going back again ping-pong to the uh the other side of uh of the Zeitgeist movie we've all seen that unfortunately is uh more uh uh Apt than ever is all the president's men. There's
2: been a break in at Democratic headquarters, and they were bugging the place. Woodward. Bernstein, right. you're both on the story now. Don't get up. Redford. I'm Bob Woodward of
0: the Washington Post. Mr. Markham, are you here in connection with the Watergate burglary? I'm not here. Hoffman. Hi, uh, this is Carl Bernstein of the Washington Post, and I was just wondering if you can remember. All the President's Men.
1: Which, um, you know, again, is a movie that feels like we have all seen it all the time. Like, can we right. imagine a world where everyone has not seen All the President's Men? But
2: just like Network, it's one of the very rare movies that actually lives up to its reputation, where you actually sit down to watch it and you're like, oh, shit, like, that's what they were talking about.
1: And, and yeah. you know, and to to that end, it's a movie, you know, it's funny. It's like, you know, you 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 can go to your, you know... Republican uncle and say, Hey, what do you think of all the president's men? And he'll be like, Oh man, that's a great movie. It's a classic. I love that movie. I saw it in the theaters three times, you know, when I was a kid and you're like, well, what, what do you think it's about, man? Because you sit in front of Fox news all fucking day. You know what I mean? Like, you get money to stop the steal, homie. And like what, you know, don't you get what this is about? Um, yeah. and you know, and so, I mean, it, it, it's, it's such an interesting thing to sort of be part of the fabric of our culture and our history and then to also be kind of you know, again, to use the word meta, sort of part of this kind of like cognitive dissonance that's happened with people where, I mean, the same shit was going on in 1976, where there were still people who were like, yeah, you know, I mean, Dick Nixon was all right. And, you know, and, but I love this movie, you know, isn't Redford great? Like, I mean, yeah, that was like,
0: yes, indeed. All right. Well, that is a, that is a stellar, stellar top five, Noah. Thank you so much for sharing it with us and for holding holding court on uh, on the virtues therein. Let's take a look and see how your favorite movies did uh, at the Oscars and at the box office. Mike, walk us through awards and box office. Sell out with me, oh yeah. Sell out with me tonight. I mean, we but
2: just basically money, did. So let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Rocky won for Best Picture and Best Director. Uh, but not for original screenplay, mm-hmm. which went to Patty Chiefsky for Network. So we're making our way down the, the list. Uh, Network also won posthumous Best Actor uh, for Peter Finch, Best Actress for Faye Dunaway, Best Supporting Actress for Beatrice Strait uh, for five minutes and two seconds of total screen time, which is...
0: No, Speaking as an actor, how would you feel about winning an Oscar for five minutes and two seconds of, of total? Well, time? I
1: mean, the year before, didn't Chris Sarandon uh, win an Oscar for like two minutes of, or was he just nominated <laughs> for
0: Dog Day? I think he was just nominated. I think he was just nominated. The uh, the 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 record, at least. Uh, I don't know if this record still stands, or if Judi Dench beat it for Shakespeare and Love. But this, at the time, at least, was the sh- the shortest Oscar-winning uh, acting performance today. I mean,
1: you know, there's there's um, a, a very good friend of mine who I've worked with for many years, uh, who will remain unnamed, um, and you can't guess who it is. Uh, he is, I'm, st- I'm sure, you, uh, yeah, you, you really can't. Um, uh, but oh, okay. um, <clears throat> he has said that, uh, you can often replace the word best with the word most, and that will guide yes. you to your <laughs> winning pick Yep, for any award. Um, yep. so, you know, it's not always, I don't know if we should say the best acting, it might be the most acting. Um, but that being said, uh, I, 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 I would, I would never begrudge that win. Um, because yes. uh, it's an incredible performance, and, uh, yeah. and, and deservingly so. Yep.
0: Yeah. Uh, Mike, what else on Noah's List did well at the Oscars this year? <laughs> uh,
2: All the President's Men got a Best Supporting Actor for Jason Robards and a Best Adapted Screenplay for
0: William Goldman. Both richly deserved.
2: There was a rare tie for Best Original Score between Leonard Rosenman for Bound for Glory and Jerry Goldsmith for
0: The Omen. I really just wanted an excuse to do the Omen. Like the Omen score is so so fucking good. Just that, that, (laughs) the screeching, "Eh, ah, ah," you know, and the the crow comes in and then the plate glass window breaks or whatever. I just, I love that score.
2: And uh, best original song went to evergreen from a star is born.
1: Aww. Noah, how, how do how do you feel about the Star is Born remake? You know, I love the Star is Born uh, remake. I love every iteration of a Star is Born. I am yes. a Star is Born. It was it was tough for me to not put this on my list because I'm such a huge Streisand fan and Christopherson fan. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I I love. I mean, you know, I am I'm out there doing Shallow at karaoke with my wife. I mean. <laughs> I am here for this story. Yes, I do prefer the walking off into the ocean ending of A Star Is Born. That is my yep. preferred Star Is Born ending, which um, you know happened yep. a few times. Yep, yeah. yes, indeed. <laughs>
2: uh, the uh, the Golden Globes uh, agreed with you. Uh, Star Is Born swept musical or comedy category, best picture, best actor for Christopherson, and actress for Barbara Streisand, and song, also. Of course, the Golden Globe for Best Supporting Actor went to Lawrence Olivier for Marathon Man. Is it safe?
1: Uh, Noah, Marathon Man, thoughts. I love Marathon Man. I mean, it's it. This is this is uh, as I said before. Good year. Uh, it it is a good year. And it is, uh, you know, Sophie's Choice was not released in 1976, but it is uh, apt. (laughs) It's another Goldman, isn't it? Is that another, am I crazy? Sorry, am I, am I? Which one? Marathon Man. Yes, it is. You're right. He had a big year.
0: Yeah, he sure did.
1: Damn. All right
0: him and Hoffman reteaming for that. I
1: even looked that up and I oh,
0: there you go.
2: And the Palme d'Or at the Cannes Film Festival also nominated for best picture, best actor for De Niro, best actress for Jodie Foster and best score was Taxi Driver.
0: A lot of nominations. Yeah, no wins. Not not on not on the list, Noah. How do
1: you feel about Taxi Driver? I love Taxi Driver. Uh, I mean, if this is again, I mean, how do you, you know, I didn't pick Taxi Driver because I, I felt like it was, you know, I mean, there's, I don't want to say low hanging fruit. Um, no,
0: it's very, very <laughs> much so. Uh, but at, if you're again, listening to this podcast, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen Taxi Driver, I would be surprised. As a
1: New Yorker, uh, you know, it's an incredibly mm. uh important movie uh, as far as being a, a time capsule. Um, and also, I mean, you know, Taxi Driver is one of the best uses of rear projection driving, um, which was a yes. choice that we made in my movie, Blood Relatives, because I am so enamored with projected driving. Yeah. Um, And, uh, you know, it's something that we don't do anymore with rear projection. We do with LED projection. But, uh, you know, to have done that, uh, you know, today without using, you know, a green screen or, you know, whatever, or or even, you know, a process trailer, you know, and doing it live, um, you know, that's a choice that, that I... I can only imagine, um, you know, Scorsese made like most of us do, you know, in terms of, of, you know, a positive for budget and schedule, but also, um, you know, it's so cinematic, it's so beautiful. It's such a yeah. touchstone yeah. of kind of like something that we see and we don't even know that we're looking at something, but we feel that we are in a movie.
0: Yes yes it's yes it's that that intangible thing i think my favorite contemporary use of it to evoke that feeling was um tarantino using it in pulp fiction like in the in the 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 bruce willis taxi driver section of that is so much fun um okay mike let's rip through the domestic box office top 10 for the year of our lord 1976 number 10 was midway okay
2: doesn't feel like a very 1976 movie.
0: It doesn't. It feels very much like a 1966 movie to me. <laughs> yeah.
2: Number nine, the Sun Classic Pictures release In Search of Noah's Ark.
0: $23 million. Noah Segan, hang on. Noah Segan, have you seen In Search of Noah's Ark? No,
1: but I really should. It's a uh, gaping hole in my namesake. <laughs>
0: sun classic pictures if like you really have to go down the rabbit hole of 70s cinema to to, to be aware of the, the like these weird pseudo documentary uh they're like feature length episodes of in search of And yet they would they would make this kind of coin number nine for the year ahead of almost everything on on the lists that we've done so far. Twenty three million dollars at the 1976 box office. Mike, go ahead. Number eight was The Enforcer. Dirty Harry. Uh, Not my favorite Dirty Harry. Noah.
1: I uh, I have seen it. I don't know that it's my favorite Dirty Harry, uh, but I have uh, I've seen it and enjoyed it. It's fun.
2: Number seven was The Bad News Bears.
1: All hail Walter Matthau, the king.
2: Like literally, taxi drivers not on this list, but the Bad News Bears is on it. I mean, people that's People, right. lo- that's people right. like a family comedy. People like a, uh, a Matthau. What are you gonna do?
0: They love some foul mouthed kids.
2: <laughs> Number six was The Omen. <laughs> Number five was All the President's Men.
0: That's I think kind kind of amazing that it that it did that well commercially um on its initial release. I mean Robert Redford was one of the biggest draws That's in the true. business at That's that true. point, right or wrong. You're right. You're right. There it is no fair. Extremely extremely true. Yes. Number four, Silver Streak. With the the the, the original on-screen team up of Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder.
1: Noah thoughts
0: on Silver Streak?
1: I love Silver Streak. I love the uh the the collaboration uh, between uh, Pryor and Wilder, um, I believe mm-hmm. is this their first of it was like five that they made together. I mean, you know, first of of four, yes. Of four. Because
0: because he wasn't uh, he was he was promised Blazing Saddles and was not cast in it. So that would have been their initial on screen team up.
2: To get this monkey's dick out of my ear, Rich.
0: <laughs> that would have been the original collab. But uh, but this was the this was the first one instead.
2: Great movie. And uh, you could make a super cut uh, that would make it seem cancelable, But it's yep. great anyway. Uh, number three was the 1976 King Kong, which I sat down to watch ironically and enjoyed genuinely.
0: It's extremely enjoyable. It's it's really good trash as Pauline Kale, I believe, even said of it. Uh, Noah, where do you land on the 76 King Kong? I'm a
1: big fan because it was the King Kong that was on TV when I was a kid, right? I mean, that's (laughs) the King Kong that you are seeing uh, when you turn on basic cable at 3 p.m. on a Saturday. Um, And that's the King Kong that you know. And and frankly, I mean, as a kid, uh, you're associating King Kong with something that is challenging to watch a black and right. white film that has stop motion animation and you know you can't really appreciate it so you're kind of going what's the big deal with right. king kong and then you see right the 76 king kong and you go oh man this this is totally this is totally fun and king kong is crazy and he looks more realistic and so i'm i'm here for it yeah Yep.
0: Yeah. yep yep all right number two a star is born Hey, look at that.
2: A well-earned spot on the list. And number one, uh, uh, another, and you know, I think this is that, uh, what did Chris Rock say? I haven't been broke a day since I met Lorne Michaels, right? Uh,
0: Rocky made (laughs) $55.9
2: million and topped the box office for that year. And I'm pretty sure Sylvester Stallone has been wearing nicer shoes.
0: Yes, indeed. Mike, we're going to need some sort of a, a siren sound effect or some kind of music cue for when the guest hits the uh, very good year hat trick, because it happened in the last episode as well, Noah. That a film on your list topped the box office and won the Academy Award for Best Picture. Uh, so congrats on the good taste and the, uh, the 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 keen understanding of the appetite of the public. Um, but yeah, throw that in here, Mike. The the and we'll use it from here on out. The very good year hat trick sound effect. You are witnessing something quite spectacular. Complete the hat trick! Crazy, just crazy! Remarkable hat trick. Beautiful, just beautiful. Uh-huh. Y'all ready for this? There we go. There we go. All right. Um, no, you want to do a? You want to do a quick lightning round? Let's do it. All right, Mike. Let's put five minutes on the clock. Uh, I am going to rapid fire you through a bunch of 1976 movies. I have my Willis's film annual screen world right here Uh, says 77, but it's for the 76 movies and we're going to rip through and uh, just give me a a yay or a nay thoughts. If you have them pass, if you don't, or if you haven't seen it five minutes on the clock and here we go, the Maisel brothers, gray gardens.
1: I mean, uh, so many of us have had a, uh, an auntie or a grandma, um, from whom, thanks to Grey Gardens, we can relate. <laughs> Barbara Copples, <laughs> Harlan County, USA. You know, I've never seen it. I should, I'm, I'm writing them down as you pop it off. The second mention of
0: John Cassavetes in this show, The Cassavetes and Falk starring Elaine May directed Mikey
1: and Nicky. One of my favorite films that has a, what I think is a better version with all due respect to the five easy pieces hold the chicken salad between your knees gag. Yes. Which is, um, (laughs) the coffee, the coffee shop, which is, uh, going to the coffee shop and asking for cups and having to order the coffee outside of the cups. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's a great scene. God damn it, I love that movie. Uh
1: from Richard Lester, Robin and Marion, starring Sean Connery and Audrey. I Hitler. have never seen that one either. And uh Fun. I would uh probably really like it. Silent movie from Mel Brooks. A classic. Uh I don't know any other uh, uh you know i mean mel uh has been a huge inspiration on, on me obviously dracula dead and loving it was uh, a big mm-hmm. inspo for <laughs> blood relatives um but overall i mean i think you know what's so incredible about mel is that he was a genre filmmaker um yep. and you know i think that we consider him to be this lion of comedy but he was operating in genre sandboxes and uh, and i think it should be acknowledged as such. Also in the silent movie realm,
0: Peter Bogdanovich's Nickelodeon out in 76.
1: I, uh, you know, again, uh, in terms of a personal inspiration, I mean, Paper Moon with a bullet was probably the number one inspiration. Absolutely. For my movie. Oh yeah. Um, oh shit. Beat, yeah. Beat for beat, sometimes steal from the best, <laughs> uh, as yes. I like to say, uh, and and I like Nickelodeon. I don't know that you know I I like Nickelodeon more than Paper Moon or, or Last Picture Show or um sure. uh, even um you know one, one of my all time favorite musicals folks um Mm -hmm. uh, that uh that Bogdanovich made to to many people's derision um Mm -hmm. but I love Nickelodeon yeah
0: no I've I found that like at long last love Nickelodeon is one that sort of unfairly gets shunted into the misfires I saw for the first time a few years ago and I just found it delightful um from Alan Parker, Bugsy Malone, his film debut.
1: Bugsy Malone is an incredible movie, and I, I the first movie I was ever uh, in, a movie called Brick, is a um, oh, detective yeah. story, sure, uh, very traditionally set alongside Sam Spade uh, uh, yep. movies and uh, or, uh, stories. I should say, Hammett, um, and uh, you know, Bugsy Malone similarly kind of never, you know, it kind of forces the audience to wink. The filmmaker doesn't wink so much. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, that makes sort of for an, an, incredible, uh, exercise.
0: I have a Brian De Palma twofer for 1976,
1: uh, Carrie from Stephen King's novel. I mean, what do you, what can you say about Carrie? It was, it was hard for me to to leave it off the list here. And also Obsession came out the same which year. Which I've never seen. It
0: carries the better of the two, but Obsession is is worth your time. Uh, based on your appearance in uh, uh, a certain murder mystery film that we know and
1: love, curious to hear if you have thoughts on Murder by Death. You know, I do have thoughts on, <laughs> on Murder by Death, um, which... Uh, is a, not a bad movie at all. It's very entertaining. Um You know, I, I think these days it's a difficult movie because there are some issues with, um, how should I say, uh, mm-hmm. xenophobic representation mm-hmm. that I think is, mm-hmm. is tough for uh, a lot of people to, to get beyond, which uh, is understandable. Um, I think Sellers was a genius. And I think he made some missteps and this is one of them Um, (laughs) and was obviously not stopped by, uh, by Neil Simon um, or uh, I forget who directed that. Uh, uh, Oh God. Was that an Arthur Hiller joint? Who did that one? I don't know. Um, anyway, I mean, so I, I think, you know, like a, like so many movies of the era, I think, you know, you you have to be able to if you're going to accept it or at least kind of put it on a list, you've sort of got to, uh, uh, you know, you've got to take the good with the bad. Exactly.
0: So we don't get emails. Robert Moore was the director. Of Thank Murder you. Death. F- FYI. All right. And that is your five minute lightning round. Nice work, Noah Segan. Um, let's talk before we let you go, uh, about your movie blood relatives, which is now streaming on shutter. Tell us what the movie is about and, and how it came into this world.
1: Well, the movie is about a uh, vampire who has been roaming uh, America's back roads for generations uh, in his uh, cool old muscle car and leather jacket, thinking that he is just a, uh, you know, a a real uh, loner. Uh, And then one day a teenage kid shows (laughs) up and says, you're my dad. And the two of them end up on a a road trip and uh, you have to figure out whether they're going to be a family or not. Who are you?
0: Vanessa Murray's daughter from Elk River.
1: You'd passed through 15 years ago. I'll tell your mother she's mistaken. She died three weeks ago. And how'd you find me? The internet. I can go out during the day. Always wear sunscreen, SPF a million, avoided recess, but... Miss your teeth. Oy vey.
0: Told you. It's, it's a really funny it's clever it's warm it goes some places you do not expect um how how long had you had this sort of this itch to write and direct a feature
1: i'd had the itch for for quite a while um you know it Mm -hmm. wasn't until uh i married a very talented prolific Writer uh, and producer that I felt like it was something that I could maybe do myself. You know, I, as I sort of said before, you know, I I I hang a lot on writing, um, and I mm-hmm. really love writing. Uh, which mm-hmm. you know, all due respect to writers who hate writing, I get it, uh, but I I like it. I find it fun. <laughs> um, and so I do too. You know, I I I, I kind of looked at uh, uh, directing as sort of an extension of writing. Um, and, mm-hmm. and really that's something that I, 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 get from Ryan, you know, Ryan is, is such an incredible writer and we love mm-hmm. his screenplays and so much, I think of his work when we get into actual production or pre-production prep is about, uh, you know, rallying around the screenplay. And so, you know, that, totally. that felt like that was kind of the natural progression of this. Um, you know, and, and, uh, eventually uh you know when i had a kid i i felt like i started to have stuff to say um and i mm. wanted to talk about that experience and and once i did it really opened the the floodgates to uh writing more and uh a little bit of confidence so that you know if i could keep a kid alive maybe i could direct a movie <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: it's it's they're comparable tasks i've done both and
0: are you was the experience one that you uh that you hope to to replicate are you uh Do you, would you want to do this side of it some more?
1: I I would love to. I mean, this is the, you know, this is the thing that, that I want to do, which is the thing I've always wanted to do. I've always wanted to make movies. I've always wanted to be on sets. I've always wanted to be part of, you know, this, you know, carnival like family that pops up and I've, I've been very lucky. I've been able to do that in production as an actor. Um, uh, but now that I feel like I have stories that I want to tell, uh, the the sort of I don't know the the maybe the the most efficient way to do it is to is to direct those films um, and yeah. and you know now that I have a little family of my own I realize you know well there's fun in putting together that family yourself as a as a filmmaker of
0: course of course but of course you will also continue to 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 do the uh, the acting for hire the the gunslinger who comes in and kills it for a few scenes we probably shouldn't say the current release that that you make an appearance in, we should probably preserve that
1: surprise well you know there's there's uh still a lot of people who are going to get a shot to see it when it uh drops on netflix uh for christmas so you know we'll we'll let them get uh get a little tickle when that happens sounds good uh yeah a certain (laughs) filmmaker who uh gave me my start he he can't really shake me he can't get rid of me as hard as he tries
0: it's very cleverly done.
1: Um, all right,
0: Noah, if people would like to keep track of you and your, your goings on, uh, where can they follow you on, on the socials?
1: Well, as long as there is social media, um, <laughs> I am right. on it. Uh, you know, just look me up. You, I'm easy to find. I'm usually under the, the handle kid blue, um, on all the major sites. Um, the, uh, the MySpaces, the Friendsters, <laughs> The LOs, if you will.
0: Live journal. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, and uh, I love to see see my friends over there.
0: All right, great. Again, Blood Relatives is on Shutter now. It's a tight. It's like ni- What ninety three or something? It's Eighty eight, a, a baby. Little it solves, 88, it's tight. Eighty eight. I'll tell a, you the problem with most scripts 90.
1: is that they're over ninety pages long, and the problem with most movies yep. is that they're over ninety minutes long. And if I do one <laughs> thing with my career, it is, uh, and of course, I'm going to eat my hat because I'm going to go make another movie. It's going to come in at like ninety two fucking minutes, and uh, <laughs> people are are going to yell at me for that but uh i do think um that uh, i i enjoy brevity yes yes contrary it's to those folks. of us who have been listening to this podcast <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right give it a look it gets the a very good year seal of approval mike and i both enjoyed it very much thank you again for coming on and doing this for us Noah. we really do appreciate thank it thank
1: you guys for for having me it's been a real pleasure
0: all right thank you mike thank you jason and thank you for listening It was a very